0: Welcome to Making Our Way Forward, a podcast where we share compelling life stories and learn from the experience of everyday entrepreneurs. At NACI, we celebrate diversity and invite you to join the conversation as we talk to entrepreneurs and leaders from all walks of life. We hope that by telling their stories, we bring you inspiration, empower you to take action, and ignite entrepreneurship in your community. Hello everyone, I'm Rebecca Corbin, president and CEO of NACI and your host for today's episode of Making Our Way Forward. With me in the studio is Dr. Monica Curry, who has been called a gentle disruptor in the work that she does coaching people and groups uh, to excellence. The reason I've asked her here today is I've known Monica for almost a decade um, through our work together at Wilmington University, where we both earned our doctorates. And one of the things I loved about her was her background working for corporate America and her zest for becoming an entrepreneur herself. So that's the conversation that we're going to have today. So Monica, welcome. Thank you for being with us today. Um, Do you want to just start by introducing yourself to our audience?
1: Pleasure is all mine to be here. excited to be a part of this conversation. Um, A little bit about myself, as Becky mentioned, I was in corporate America for 20 plus years. Don't try and date me. And um, recently in 2019, transitioned from corporate America to um, my own firm, which is Impacting Squared. And ironically, I transitioned in November of 2019 and COVID hit in March of 2020, or let's say officially hit in um, 2020. So if I couldn't have identified the best time, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but um, it really has set the tone for how I engage and engage differently than I would have if the world was open. Right. And
0: I think that is something as we've been talking to people all over the country and and as we talk internally um, here at NACI and with our families, you know, the pandemic and economic decline has challenged all of us uh, to do things in a different way, to confront problems that we've never imagined that we would confront (laughs) via Zoom and technology and and everything uh, in between. So, Monica, why don't we lean into that a little bit more? Tell us about um, you you incorporated your business in November of 2019. Um, Tell us a little bit about um, what got you to thinking that you wanted to be a a business owner and and really um, take your skills, but develop a, a new
1: offering around it. Sure, sure. So ironically, I actually um, incorporated right after graduation. So that was like 2014, 2015. But because I was in corporate America, and um, a lot of my role um, and roles consisted of me traveling, I wasn't able to put the attention and the energy towards um, my own firm. And then in 2019, um, It was just an awakening for me that I wanted to make a bigger impact on the world. Um, In corporate America, it is about enhancing that particular organization. And there was so much more that I wanted to do. And so with that um, and with the permission of my last uh, corporate role, I was able to take an early out to spend some time Figuring out what was important to me. So, you know, as an entrepreneur, what you have to do is identify what are your strengths that you can capitalize on, but also what motivates you, what drives you. When I get up in the morning, what excites me? And those were some of the things that I needed to think about personally to identify what this journey was going to look like as an entrepreneur. Now, don't get me wrong. It was and has still been, still is. It's scary. You know, it it took a level of courage because to be able to move from a steady, concrete role income to an entrepreneur where nothing is guaranteed and especially when COVID hit, it was even more um, ambiguous about what I was going to do and how I was going to do it as an entrepreneur. Um, Because if you think about, the role of an entrepreneur, a lot of how we get business is based on trust and synergies and commitment. And a lot of that has been limited because you can't have that one-to-one interaction. Um, And so it's almost like cold calling, so to speak. I wasn't that person in my earlier career. And so it's been humbling So it's that that split second of courage to say, I'm going to do this. And then it's a level of humility to say, okay, so I'm not used to asking for help. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had to humble myself. And in some cases, it wasn't even about asking for help. So what I did is I came to you, Becky, and I said, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. Not, you know, I want to do something. It was, how can I help you? I have... I have this expertise, I have this passion, and I have something to give, and how can I help you? And so that was a level of humility um, that I, in corporate America, I didn't have to have to a certain degree. But especially um, transitioning, there's a level of discipline that is required.
0: Yeah, I think, too, what you said about asking how you can help is really, in, in my mind, and, you know, following entrepreneurs, both mm-hmm. social entrepreneurs and nonprofits, educational entrepreneurs yep. and business entrepreneurs, if we all put ourselves in the position of how can we help somebody solve a problem, okay. um, it puts us in a position of strength. And um, since you brought up NACI, um, if you don't mind, we hadn't planned on talking about this, but, um, you know, one of the things as the CEO of NACI that I've quite frankly, was struggling with is is rapid growth. Uh, we, too, yeah. encountered um, challenge with the pandemic. Um, myself, I used to travel constantly, and all of a sudden, I can't travel anymore. So how do I, to your point, build those relationships? How do I increase our work? How do I keep our employees productive and happy and contributing? And I think at the point that you said was a point of humility that you reached out to me was a point at which I really needed somebody um, who I trusted and I've known you for a long time. Um, And I've seen the way that you can sort of transition between a very corporate environment, and being just a a real person who sort of leans into, you know, family and, you know, struggle and, and all of those things that we spent all those years talking about and One of the things that has been really interesting for me is the journey that we have embarked upon with you um, on organizational effectiveness coaching as a team. Now, full disclosure, since I know you, I'm not part of the team that you're coaching. So you're coaching our vice president and our directors and, and kind of really pushing them through. And as they tell me about the assignments you give them, I kind of chuckle because I think some of the stuff you probably got from our doctoral program, but it's sort of blended in with all of your expertise in, in corporate America. So, um, I want to thank you for that. And we're, we're not through the journey. We're just sort of the first leg of the journey. So there's, we should have another conversation about where that leads us. Um, but it's been great. And, and I think, um, what I When I talked to the team about bringing you on board in that role, um, I was impressed um, with you sharing about the coaching situations that you've done with other clients. And um, without disclosing any names or anything, um, I'd love it if you might share a little bit about, um, you know, one client in particular that I believe was... Um, involved in a, a healthcare situation, um, and, and you kind of came in to assist, and I thought that was a fascinating story, and it really got me to think, oh my gosh, what could you do to make us more effective? So if, if you wouldn't mind, um, Dr. Sure. Curry and Monica, please share that.
1: Absolutely, and so kind of going back to not only are we in this distress from the pandemic, but there's also... Um, another pandemic that the world is facing, and that's the racial pandemic, and mm-hmm. how do we talk about things, and all that's happening in the world, it's a scary topic, and it's a scary conversation, but how do you lean in to have some of those conversations, identify those teachable moments, and so, you know, um, there was a, the George Floyd situation happened, and then there was an individual in healthcare that didn't have the most Empathetic response. Let me put it that way. Not the most empathetic response to the situation. And this was an individual that now that I've spent at least six months with this individual, I've learned that and she has also learned, and I'm just going to call her Sally for for the sake of anonymity. Um, So Sally is now realizing that sometimes action and or inaction is still an action. And so there was a situation that Sally encountered, um, and I'm just going to call it what it is, a Black woman in a delivery room. And some of the language that she used was inappropriate considering the time and the space that the world was going through. And so this situation ended up going up through ethics, so on and so forth. And so um, it was determined that this individual needed a coach, and the topic of this co- uh, of this coaching, this engagement was around cultural awareness. And so it was it was specific as to who they were looking for and the credentials that an individual needed to obtain or have in order for this individual in the healthcare system. To respond, to lean in and have a conversation, and so um, we we started this engagement, this journey in um, I believe it was in September, and so my initial interaction with with this ended with Sally was there's no judgment. There's only so much information that I wanted from the senior individuals at the hospital because I wanted to go in without additional baggage. I knew the situation that happened, but I am someone that's around no judgment. I lean in with a curious mind and a curious heart as well. And so we actually started this cultural awareness journey about identifying who Sally was. What were her pain points? You know, what does she understand about herself? Because we tend to act our worst When we're stressed. And so we needed to, I needed her to identify, you know, where were those pain points? And then we began to transition into having some other conversations. And so Sally let me know that she attended a webinar where it talked about the numbers of people of color that were apprehensive about going to doctors because they didn't feel like they were seen or heard. And so she said, Monica, if I hadn't seen those numbers, I would never believe it. And so, you know, it's those as a coach, it's asking those self-reflective questions. I said, so now just think about the number of patients that come in your office that are black or brown. And do they ask questions? Do they ask more questions than your other patients? Do their husbands or spouses ask more questions? And this gives you an understanding of why. And so we've had conversations around um, privilege. We've had conversations around allyship. We've had conversations around, you know, what it has taken for us to get to where we are as women. Um, So we've had immense conversations, really deep and rich conversations. And ironically, you know, this individual where we were forced to connect. Because of a not so. Positive experience, but now she's just like, Monica, what am I going to do after our six months is up? You know, I'm so used to talking to you every week you know, because my question to her is, what have you done differently this week based on our conversation last week? Um, And so, again, it was a forced relationship, but it has blossomed into something bigger and grander than either one of us would have expected.
0: Well, and think of the time that we're in. I mean, yep. with the polarization of People and and some of the you know things that our country has gone through that right. people are trying to think about healing. Um, I think about it in the perspective of Nacy of what our strength is is really scaling. And I, I wonder if the work that you're doing, um, you know, in terms of thinking about healing racial divides, which is you know something that has been brought to the fore with the murder of George Floyd and right. others, sadly. But I, I think about. To you as a leader being able to have the kind of emotional intelligence and the discipline, because you are, you, you are a woman of color, you know, you're, you're very educated, you're very beautiful, but you still suffer, you know, some of the legacy of, of that hurt. And, and I think about, my own self and some difficult conversations because people don't know. I mean, they know that about you when they meet you, but they don't know about some things that happen with other people that might touch a nerve. And so tell us a little bit about how as as a person, not as an educated, you know, sort of refined person, but as a human being, like, how, how do you deal with that when you have a client that has said very, you know, inappropriate things for lack of you know understanding like how do you how do you cope with that as as a as a leader yourself do you just sort of separate the two or I don't know if that question makes sense so,
1: to you. It, it's interesting so we've, we we in my my family we've been having a lot of these kinds of conversations and so you know early on I'm going to say in my 20s and 30s um, what I would do is in some cases I would laugh it off or shrug it off and, you know, just keep the process moving. Trust the process. You know, I'm trying to not fly under the radar, but I'm not trying to rock the boat, so to speak, because what we're looking to do is we're looking to advance in our careers. And sometimes what I found as a woman of color is that um, I would have to just submit to some of the comments that would happen. Um, and then when I hit 40 something um, and had the credentials of the doctorate's degree, it was, it was an awakening. And mm-hmm. so I think this happens for anyone of any color that you become that much more comfortable in your own skin, that much more comfortable with your abilities. You know, I've been able to over the years amplify my strengths. Um, make connections and identify allies and mentorship in all areas of my life. And so at that point, it, it became my purpose to allow for those interactions to be teachable moments. And so every time something would happen, there would be a time that either, you know, if it was in a public setting, I would have to pull someone aside. I felt that it was my duty to pull someone aside and say, "Okay, just want just want to let you know that wasn't acceptable. Let me explain to you why. Can you help me understand where that came from? Things of that nature. Um, you know, whether it was about my hair being in braids or about me having a certain point of view. Um, it also became necessary for." for me to build my credibility. And sometimes, you know, I would have to make sure that Dr. Curry appeared on something to kind of bolster my credibility. Like me having been an employee at an organization for eight to 10 years, you know, if it was an, a hierarchical organization where it was driven on titles, sometimes I had to make sure that on the, on the cover slide, it said Dr. Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, individuals would lean in and listen and pay that much more attention to my point of view. So you know, again, in my early 20s, I don't know that I had the confidence or felt that I had permission to speak up. And when I turned 40 something, um, I gave myself permission. I, I gave myself um, authority and power to speak my truth, whatever that truth was, as long as it was tactful, professional, um, I'm very empathetic, you know, but I also, as I mentioned, I approach situations with a level of curiosity and a lack of judgment.
0: I mean, that, I think that really tells the story too, in an organizational sense of just using NACI for an exam, as an example, you know, we're an organization of mostly women, um, mm. We have an African American team member that we um, that we love working with, and we're working to diversify our staff. But that's one of the goals that you're working with on my staff because women tend to be more collaborative. We don't want to hurt each other's feelings, but to go from you know excellent to exceptional, like you right. have to have those tough conversations. And fun fact, I remember sitting next to you at Wilmington University, and you always telling me about crucial conversations. And I think that. You know, you nailed it. If if there's ever a time in history where people need to speak up, it's now. And, and that's what Jeff Smith and I are are working on with this this podcast is really bringing our whole selves to the conversation and inviting people that we trust, like people like you, um, that are willing to be vulnerable and, and share your stories and. Um, Fun fact for anyone who's tuning in, we are going to have a part two of this conversation with Jeff Smith because we want to um, dig a little bit more deeply into um, some of the equity issues that we haven't had a chance to get to. But because time is running short, I want to ask you a couple of questions that have been um, on my mind. Um, Number one, uh, Monica, Dr. Curry, who are your role models? So you can just maybe share a couple of, of people They could be, you know, famous people or just people in your life that really have helped you aspire to become the, the person that you are. So,
1: all right, I'm going to take it personal first. And so my first is my grandfather. He passed in November of 2019 at 94 years old. And so, um, he grew up in a time where it was more important to pick cotton than it was to go to school. So he only had a fifth grade education. And so I say him because I learned about who he was, which in turn was about who I was through stories, through storytelling. And so I would hear some of the most amazing, um, astonishing, are you serious kind of stories from my grandfather. And so in turn, that's who I became. I became a storyteller by nature. So the reason why I got my doctorate's degree was because my grandfather didn't have the choice and I had the choice. And so I always would tell him that I'm Dr. Curry because and for him. Oh. So that's like and I actually when I did my dissertation, that's how I started um, my defense, that I was there because of him and for him. I teach through stories. I think about um, the doctor that I coach. I coach her through stories. That's how she's learned about my struggles, but how I've overcome them. And it's all through story. So my uh, less personal however, just as impactful, is Ava DuVernay. And so she is a, and Becky, I don't know, you're shaking your head. Um, I'm not quite sure if the broader audience would know who she is, but she is a Black female director, producer. And so what's impassioned with her is about making sure there's representation from a Hollywood perspective, from behind the scenes to in front of the scenes. So right now what she's really being known for is her TV show Queen Sugar. And so she has has values that she has stood behind and put a stake in the ground no matter how much pushback that she's gotten. And so in Hollywood, you know, there's a normal look and feel to who's behind the cameras and who's on set. But she has decided that she's making sure that whether it be in front of the camera or behind the camera, that there's um, representation across the spectrum from disabilities to females directing. And so I know that could not have been an easy stance to make in Hollywood, but it was a necessary stance. And so she would be, she is my role model. And if I could have coffee with her to just get a sense of, you know, what brought you here? Like, you know, what are your struggles? Like how, what keeps you up at night, but still gets you revving in the morning to continue with that point of view and that stake in the ground?
0: Wow. When you were describing her, I was thinking, about many people that look at you that way. And, and I think that's really the legacy that we have as leaders and women and sisters and everything else is, is to, you know, learn from those who've gone before us and, right. and help uplift those behind us. So Dr. Monica Curry, I've enjoyed this conversation so much, and I'm just thrilled it's part one of two or many more that we have to come. And um, for those of you who are tuning in um hopefully from around the world, we have followers from from different continents and countries. Um, You have an opportunity to receive a copy of NACI's Impact Ed book. If you want to email me at corbin at nacy.com, I'd love to share that with you. It's our roadmap here at NACI for rebuilding um, the economy and promoting equity through community colleges. So if you'd like to receive that, please send me an email And we're going to continue our conversations every other Wednesday, so we appreciate you tuning in and and tuning into our world. And if you have a story that you would like to share, I'd encourage you to get on our website at www.nacy.com and share with us what you might like to speak about. So thank you, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure. And thanks for the inclusion. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that listening to this podcast will help you to explore the many ways we might define entrepreneurship. Join us every other Wednesday for more episodes as we celebrate opportunity, learn from one another, and grow together. Subscribe to this podcast, connect with us on social media, and learn more about today's speakers at nacy.com forward slash podcast. We look forward to making our way forward together with you.